following is a GNC podcast production. everybody and welcome back to geek addicts the pop culture podcast that we do every week where we talk about a whole bunch of nonsense i'm bill and this is matt how you doing matt i'm good how are you uh you know uh trying to get through that work thing i think i got a cold last weekend and i didn't notice it until like monday yeah i I don't know it seemed like something was a little off last time we recorded i didn't know what it was but i mean that would make sense yeah it was weird like i felt like awful that night and then like the next morning i felt it was even worse like and we ended up going on this like big road trip and like we went to the mystic seaport in connecticut oh yeah uh because there's like a little there's like a little shopping village over there called mystic village which is a bunch of these little like old the old timey like buildings and they all like little shops in them mm-hmm. and uh we just kind of went and walked around there they there was this big like anime manga store that they had that like was super hyped up and we we got there and you know honestly it was a little underwhelming i think it's just because me and alex are such seasoned weebs at this point that like we went in and we're like oh it's more of the same yeah that happens a lot i feel like like for a first time collector going in there would be like the greatest thing ever but seasoned veterans of this hobby probably were kind of like yeah there's some cool stuff i guess yeah that makes sense I got some spy spy family shot glasses. That was my uh, purchase from there. Oh yeah, those are cool. I said which one? You know, you got a what was it? Bond, uh, your what was that? Oh, oh. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was it was a uh, Lloyd Bond, your and Anya, I believe. Nice. There you go. Yep. So I was uh, I was messing around online today, and I saw that. Um, the, the last of the big three is going to be getting a live action movie. So apparently uh, there is a Naruto live action. Oh movie yeah. Right so, now. The director from um, the Shang-Chi movie is apparently directing it. So I heard, I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot of good things about that movie. So, I mean, hopefully that's, hopefully that means good things. I hope so. Like, the whole thing like with uh, live action is like it'll either be good or it won't there's like never mid it seems yeah. to be with these things that's true but i mean i don't know i my my hopes have been slightly elevated as of late beyond account of um uh one piece and yu haka show both doing well mm. so we'll see yeah, it's it's interesting because I believe the first episode of like the live action Last Airbender just came out too. Mm-hmm. It, boy, have I heard mixed things. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm probably gonna end up trying to watch that maybe at some point this weekend with uh, all my all my kids with my mom. The general consensus I've heard is that it's not as I keep hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, it's on your end. I'm pretty sure. I have an ear out so I can hear because I have no idea. Um, but yeah, the general consensus I've heard is that it's 
not as bad as people say, but it's also like not good. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be worse. It could be Shyamalan's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is me. I'm gonna go see what that is real quick. All right. Um, actually, I guess I gotta pause this real quick. Yeah. So sorry about that. Uh, I had a carbon monoxide detector. The battery died, and it wouldn't stop. So <laughs> great. I have to look into that tomorrow. Oh yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. Either that, or there's carbon monoxide slowly going into the room, and that'll kill me eventually. You never know. Well, if you start nodding out uh, in the recording, I'll I'll find a way to get in touch with Alex, and I'll let her know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's reassuring. I'm jo- I'm joking, everybody. Um, <laughs> but yeah, where were we? I guess uh, I'm not even sure. I think we were talking about live action. Oh yeah, I was. We I was gonna make a joke about how like not every live action adaptation can be a gem like the Netflix one. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, but who knows how that that'll turn out? I mean. Naruto is such a polarizing uh, series, too. Like, you either like it or don't. Yeah, well, see, I'm, I don't know. I feel like if you cut out all the bullshit with Naruto, like it, like how One Piece is getting that treatment right now with the One Piece. Mm. Like, if we got, like, the Naruto or Naruto Kai or whatever the fuck you want to call it, like, I don't know. I feel like it would it would translate really well, and I think it would catch a lot more people. I think the thing that was the major turnoff for Naruto was when it was airing week to week and we would just get six months of filler in between, like in the middle of a really major arc. Like that was the thing that was the major turnoff for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Naruto was a, that, that was a show. I, I yeah. watched the whole thing once and never again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll rewatch it, but I, I, I don't bother with the filler crap. Well, Naruto, yeah. <laughs> Naruto doesn't have very good filler. I won't do the full 500 episode, episodes of Shippuden ever again. Oh, God, no. I didn't even do it the first time. <laughs> I did, because I had to know. I had to get the authentic experience. I'll read the manga or play uh, Ninja Storm. I've heard that's a lot of people's full extent of the uh, Naruto canon, to be honest. Yeah, well, I've heard a lot of people say that um, that's like one of the best ways to experience the story without having to go through the whole filler skip list. So that's fair. Um, yeah, nothing else too major though. Um, still waiting on a uh, new releases and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, my in laws were in town this past week. Uh, when they came down from Maine and um, they, they brought us this like this local um, like blueberry wine stuff that they had, like their local liquor store. This shit is so good, dude. It's like, I, I'm not a wine person. I don't generally like wine. But the, lo- the shit they have locally up there is just so good. Mm. Yeah. Not a, not a big wine guy myself either. I mean, in terms of like liquor, I'm really only a gin and tonic kind of guy. Well, gin mostly kind of guy. Mm. I I was big into in my... You know, I was a little bit younger and drank a little bit more often. I was usually rum. See, I had a bad experience with rum, and I can't drink it anymore. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about like vodka. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll drink it in moderation, but I, I can't get drunk off of vodka anymore. It just, 
these brings bad back guys. The, brings back the memories. <laughs> exactly, or the lack thereof. There's all there's <laughs> always that one drinking incident that just ruins something for you. Me, it was rum. <laughs> like just yeah. all those things. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Cap is the pessimist though. Yeah. No, everyone has their first hangover and it's always bad. Yeah, for real. I mean, I did a podcast hungover this week with the most recent 3DO at the time of this recording. I was we recorded it right after the the day after the Daytona 500, and I was fucked the entire Jeez, day. I can imagine. And we talked about Mahjong for like an hour. It was great. <laughs> at least it was a relaxing topic. Like the re- if you had to research and hungover, at least it would be like, you know, a lot of flashing lights and noises and shit. Trust me, we had um we had a uh, Aaron from Superpod Saga joined us for that one and uh shout out to Aaron, but anytime he joins anything it becomes chaos like real quick oh yeah yeah he's a good guy but my god like we, were t- <laughs> we were talking about hamburger helper at one point and i'm like where is this even going anymore <laughs> uh, oh geez check out the most recent episode of the 3do experience if you'd like to know more um yeah but i guess going on to our topic now this one uh kind of last minute but i, I kind of like the idea of it because uh, we, we're trying to branch out and not do so many anime and like manga and just generally non-gaming focused episodes because we're supposed to be kind of an all-around podcast. And we haven't really covered a ton of gaming yet. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, we did uh, the Final Fantasy one. I think it was a second episode, and then uh, we did the Dragon Ball games episode. I think that's all we've done so far. Um, we did um. RPGs oh, too. Yeah, we did the RPGs, and we I think we talked a little bit about the Scott Pilgrim game, but aside That's from sure. that, um, yeah, not a whole lot. And I, I'd like to at least talk about it every now and then. Hi, Mister Carr. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, so, I, I definitely agree. I mean, uh, we got our our few series that we have continually, but I I would like to touch on video games more often. Yeah, and I thought a fun episode to do would be. It's funny because I've talked about this particular handheld on the main show GNC a couple of times, but this was one that me and Matt actually grew up with, so I figured it would be a good one to start with, and that's actually the uh, Game Boy Advance. Ooh, you got the the red the red SP. The red SP. Uh, it's actually not the best SP because it's a front lit version, so the screen's not amazing. But I've had this since God. What year did this thing come out? And it's like the same. Two thousand two. Hmm? Oh, wow, I think that's the same one that I, uh, the most recent one that I had. Although I let my little brother borrow it when he gave it back, it didn't work anymore. So, and I haven't been ha- had the opportunity to replace it yet. So all my all my GBA gaming has been do been done on the DS Lite. Which, to be fair, is probably the best way to play GBA games these days. Um. Unless you have a micro, but even then the micro, I, I wouldn't even say is the best just because it's so tiny and it can't play Game Boy Color games. I, I don't know. I, I still would prefer the SP, though. Like when it comes to GBA or, or Game Boy in general, the the SP is is where it's at. Specifically, like, like I, I, I don't personally like the later ones because I like being able to turn the backlight off if I'm well, in a brightly lit area. You could turn it off with the later ones. The later ones, basically, it wasn't a front lit screen. It was a true backlit screen. Mm-hmm. 
and they generally just had better screens. Like this one in particular gets very washed out at times, but one fact about this handheld, this version too, it was the first one that had a rechargeable battery. Yeah, which was a serious game changer growing up. And it, <laughs> these things would never die, like in terms of like, so fun little, fun little experiment here. This hasn't been charged in about two years. Mm-hmm. And because if I'm going to play GB, I'm probably going to use my DS Lite or uh, Game Boy player. So let's let's see here. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how these things like last so long, but they just do. That's a solid piece of technology. They just don't make stuff like that anymore. No, I mean, battery life just isn't as important anymore because like you can just recharge everything. So people are kind of like, yeah. And nobody nobody leaves their house anymore to go pl- to play video games. Everyone always is. um exclusively out and about well, see that's the funny thing is like um a few years ago like i i had this little group of friends that we would all hang out and like a lot of times you know we're in our early to mid 20s so we we'd go out and we'd um we pretty much just go to we like, take it in turns going into each other's houses and we'd just be uh you know smoking pot and playing game boy and whoever's car <laughs> we were at, at that point in time and that was just like our continuous cycle all the time. <laughs> you, you know the one thing about the um about the SP that always bothered me though was that it did not. It doesn't have an S, uh, headphone jack. Oh yeah, that's right. That Wait, did, did the original GBA have that? It did, and the micro has one. Wow. For whatever reason, the SP just doesn't. There was an adapter you could buy that you plug into one of like the uh, little slots up there that would give it a headphone jack, but like. So weird that they didn't have a headphone jack. That's so bizarre. See, Nintendo was just ahead of the trend get, of like getting rid of the headphone jack. I just don't understand that because I didn't all the other systems that came after it, like all the other handhelds, yeah. the DSs, and all. There's just a one weird hiccup that there's for some reason for that one they didn't. I don't know. It just doesn't have a headphone jack for whatever reason. Strange. Must have been a space-saving measure, I guess, because th- it is kind of compact, but I feel like they could have made that work. If the, if the micro had it, then there's really no excuse. Yeah, it was probably <laughs> just a des- it was it had to have been a design oversight. But I always remember like you'd be on the, the, the that's the one thing that sucks about this thing is like you ha- you can't get that awesome like stereo sound because it doesn't have a headphone jack. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you yeah. the last time I wore headphones up playing a handheld game though. Um, I do it every now and then, depending on the game, because sometimes I really like to enjoy that music. That's fair. Like if I'm playing like Vita, sometimes like say if I'm playing like Persona Four Dancing All Night, and I really want to get that music, like the musical like feeling of it, mm-hmm. I'll put the headphones in because you then you can hear it right in your ear, and it like it really it changes the uh, it changes the experience. I'd say. Yeah, that makes sense. Another one that was big was a uh, Tetris Effect. Which is that's like the Tetris game that's more of a visual and audio experience than an actual Tetris. Okay. But uh, I, I used headphones when I played that on uh, both PS5 and Switch just to get that just to get the experience out because my god, that game is a that, that game is just like a, a, a visual like treat in every way. In in what way? Like when you move the Tetris blocks, like different sounds will play and like the uh there's like so, there's like songs in the background that will progress as you like drop like Tetris pieces in and make Tetrises. 
like and turning the blocks and moving them causes the backgrounds to change. It, it is a is a wild game to play. Huh. I, I I couldn't tell you the last time I touched a Tetris game, so I just I don't know. I haven't caught up with all these different different variations. Yeah. That one's more of an experience than anything. It is on Switch, so if you ever see it on sale, I'd recommend picking it up just to experience it. Fair enough. It's always good to have just like a a, a simple game to just jump in and just play a couple levels of. Hmm. Um. So for this particular episode, I figured we'd jump back and forth talking about games, but for me in particular, I thought it'd be fun. I have my big tote here of GBA games. I thought it would be Jealous. fun. Yeah, it's called the years of poor decision-making and <laughs> spending habits. Um, I thought it'd be fun if I just would grab one randomly and talk about whatever I get. So uh, you want me to go first or should uh, you go first? Yeah. Balls in your court. Okay. So let's see what I get. So I got Banjo-Kazooie Grunty's Revenge. Oh, I didn't know they made a Banjo-Kazooie game on the GBA. Rare made a bunch of games on GBA, surprisingly. like Because um, like, Microsoft didn't have a um, handheld at the time. They kind of just uh, gave Rare the okay to still make stuff for the uh, Game Boy Advance. And uh, w- uh, they made a couple games, and one of them was that. And it's like a weird sequel to Banjo-Kazooie 1, mm-hmm. where like Grunty comes back as like this like robotic like ghost. It's bizarre. Hmm. Um, fun enough game though. It's like an isometric platformer. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's not it's not like any world class art or anything, but for what it is, it's not bad. Solid. So what's a Are game you... that you remember fondly? Or go on. Oh, it's just. I was just gonna ask, like, if you've uh, you've played it a lot, or just kind of tested it out, or uh, I've played it. I put a couple hours into it. I haven't finished it yet, just because my gaming OCD is so all over the place, and it, it is a collectathon. Um, so there's a lot. There's a lot to find. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine though for what it is. Um, so for one of the ones that I I actually broke it out earlier this week just to you know refresh my memory on it because it's been a long time. But uh, Beyblade V Force was a game that I played a lot back in the day, and god damn it, this game is balls hard. Like it gets there. As it goes, I remember I had this one too. Like I, I wasn't even halfway through the game. I just kind of picked up wherever my save file left off. I think it was like the, the third like chapter or whatever. Um, and, and I was I was getting like visibly frustrated with some of these levels. It it's basically just Marble Madness, but like with Beyblades. Yeah, and it was it, like the way that the you gotta kind of slide through some of these platforms and like the way that the different tilts and stuff and you just catch another Beyblade at the wrong angle and you shoot off the side. It's it, it can yeah. get incredibly frustrating very fast. You know what my favorite part of this game is though, still to this day? What's that? The fact that um the uh the the mu- and, and music theme uh from V Force plays throughout the game. Like the whole time pretty much. Like as soon as and you go into it. It's like this horribly bit crushed version of it that has the like vocals and everything, but it sounds so like distorted. For real. But when I was a kid, I fucking loved it. Like, well, the Beyblade yeah, V Force theme is surprisingly catchy. Like, it's very simple, but like, you gotta nod your head to it, and they just play it like constantly throughout this game. Well, that's how a lot of those like super kid focused 
yeah, you know, toy selling animes uh, from from back then, especially like the dub versions. They they went real hard with those kinds of wicked catchy kid friendly music stuff. Yeah, no, they really did. Yeah, that one was fun. Did you ever play the sequel? I don't think so. I think I don't know if it was the same game or not, but I it was. I think yes. I played the um, the PlayStation. Oh, that one's not. That's not a great game. No, I, I no. don't remember much of it. It just it's th- I that one's more it. of uh, that one's more of an arena battler. Okay. Um, it's it's very not great. Uh, the the second one on Game Boy Advance was uh, G Revolution, and I, it was basically the same thing, just more of the Marble Madness stuff. Okay. I it. it also had the theme playing, but they took away the lyrics, and it wasn't nearly as fun. It's about right. But no, it was definitely definitely a good game. Uh, I'm probably gonna go back to it and try to finish it. But it's, it's addicting. Like that is an addicting game. It really is. Like I ended up playing it a lot more than I thought I was going to this week. All right, so let's dig into the, the pile. Let's see what we get this time. Oh, another rare game, uh, Donkey Kong Country. Oh, um, it's a port of the Super Nintendo game, and it's pretty good. Not much Solid. else to say. They they add some quality of life improvements, like they add more story elements, and then they let you save wherever you want now. Mm. Um, the, the music's not as great, but I mean, for GBA standards, it still sounds pretty good. I gotcha. Basically, it's Donkey Kong Country, just with a little more content. Mm-hmm. I feel like that one was cheating, so I'm going to just grab another one. Something more interesting. <laughs> um, Pokemon Sapphire. Oh, nice. Another classic. The good old blue cartridge and everything. This is my original copy, too, from like 2000, like two, I think, when this game came out or whenever it was. Uh, 2001, maybe. Did it come out that early? Because I, I, I got my copy, I think, 2004? My copy of I, Ruby. I don't know if it'd be 2004, just because um, that's when the DS came. Let me see here. I'm not sure. I mean, they were, they were also still making GBA games for a while in the DS's life cycle. Yeah, I'm curious now. I want to say it was 2004, but I could be mistaken. It could have been 2003, and I just got my copy late. No, it was 2002. Oh, okay. Uh, Emerald came out in 2003, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Yes, so 2002. So, this, yeah, this is my original copy of Sapphire from 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the hell out of this one back in the day. Like, this was the first Pokemon game I really owned. Yeah, that, that was the... Out of those three games, that was the one I had, a, I think, the least amount of experience with. I am... Because Ruby was the one I ended up with. That was my first Gen 3 game. And um, that one, I, I still have that cartridge, and I played the hell out of that one. And you, I, know why I played... I got Saf- you know why I got Sapphire over Ruby? Why is that? Uh, Ruby was sold out. <laughs> Sapphire, they had, <laughs> they had t- it's like how there's always the one that's like super sold out. Nobody wanted the damn fish. Well, it's, it's kind of funny, though, because Kyogre just destroys Groudon, even though I do like Groudon more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a it's, good. It's a solid I one, think, though. It's, it's. I think Gen Three is definitely underrated. Yeah, it's getting more appreciation now, especially with like Alpha Alpha Ruby and Omega Sapphire, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Um, I should get yeah. the Sapphire one though, because I I really have so little experience with with that particular version of Gen Three. 
because mm-hmm. it's generally been Ruby or Emerald that I've played. I think I've played Sapphire through once. I mean, to be fair, I've played Sapphire version once, and then it's always been Emerald ever since then, because Emerald's just better, generally. Yeah, it's the more complete version. It's like playing Platinum over Pearl or Diamond, so makes sense. I mean, other than Wallace being the, the champion, which is incredibly pathetic and easy to win, um, Emerald just is basically better in every way. Yeah, that was always a weird thing that I didn't understand. Well, it's because they wanted to make Steven Stone a super boss that you could find mm-hmm. later. Which is effective. It's just it made the the championship fight so pathetic because if you picked a a Trico, was, you could basically one shot him. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, that uh, that actually does become a plot point too in um the the manga version. Hmm. Um, so it might as well keep going with the Pokemon thing because another uh, GBA game that I played a lot of when I was a kid was um. The Red Rescue Team Pokemon. Mystery Dungeon. Yep. Was the, that is a... It was the first of the Mystery Dungeon games. And it was that, definitely a game changer. That was a weird one, because that, that released... Uh, they did the double release the same way they did uh, regular Pokemon. But w- the way they did it that was bizarre was, like, the red one was on GBA. Mm-hmm. And then the blue version was on DS. So you had, to, like, two different consoles with the same well, game. And I think that was part of their way of kind of playing around with the idea of like, um, like you could have both games in the in the DS, and then um, like you could because the way that the multiplayer worked in that those games, would, it, I think it's still the way it works now is like you can't actually play together, but if you wipe on a dungeon, you can have a friend come and save you from the dungeon, and then you don't lose anything. Or you can continue from where you left off or something like that and yeah because one version was game boy one version was ds you could have them both on the same console and then you could just save yourself yeah it was an interesting idea um it was one of the first games i believe that used the ds like the gba slot on the ds for like an actual in-game effect mm-hmm. um, which is funny because um it, it was interesting because like they would later like remove the Game Boy Advance slot and that would just change everything. Yeah, for sure. But it was it was definitely an interesting idea, and I mean they've they've taken it pretty far at this point. But at, at the time, it was just so unique and interesting, and they, like the amount of post game content in, in that game was outrageous. There was I just so loved, much like, to do. The personality it gave all the Pokemon. Oh yeah, for sure, and like. Um, and the the whole aspect of the personality test at the beginning, like that determines che- what Pokemon you get. I cheated on that so much. <laughs> yeah, everybody does eventually. I I usually like to go with just whatever. I think it gave me Cubone the first time I played it. I forget what I got. I remember I got something that was dumb, and I was like, "Nope, I refuse." <laughs> so I just uh, I looked up how to get a Trico, and then that was what I did. <laughs> I think I ultimately ended up doing that, but for um charmander although and i'll tell um, you though like trying to get like the pokemon you want in the first game is actually a lot harder than you'd think because it's like it's still kind of random like you have to like just kind of guess it until like yeah. you get through and the new ones like it's like you do the personality test and it's like hey you got this do you want that and then if you say no it'll give you the list and you can say all right just pick which one you want they didn't yeah, do that like, in the original. You, yeah. so you had to go through the whole test over again and hope you got the right answers. Yeah, nowadays they're like, all right, you ingrateful shit, save your, save your list. Yeah, pretty much. 
I the um, DS the DS games I remember like you would just like poke the screen and it would be it would just give you something randomly and I remember that being kind of cool but at the same time be like oh you can't even cheese it anymore you just have to keep like randomizing it until you get it right. Hmm. Did you um out of curiosity did you ever see the pilot episode that they of the series they tried to do for this? I remember it like I remember seeing it but it's like it was years ago and it's like extremely vague. Yeah, I, I remember bits and pieces of it, but I remember like I, I caught it on TV a few times before they stopped airing it. I was really hoping it was going to take off because it seemed like such a cool idea for a series, but just never went I'm anywhere. I'm honestly surprised it didn't go anywhere. I figured that would have like because people love the Pokemon. I figured it would have they would have eaten that up. Yeah, especially since the the episode in the uh, original anime where um. Like all the Pokemon get separated from their trainers and they're all like just kind of having to figure shit out on their own and you get like the subtitles of them talking to each other and stuff. Like that was one of the most popular episodes back then. So you'd think something like that would have worked, but whatever. You would you would think, but people's attention, you know what it probably was too? It probably aired at some really weird time and no one caught it. That's that's probably you know what I think it might have been during the summer, so everybody was outside playing anyway. Yeah. Speaking of that, do you remember when like Nickelodeon used to do that? Like during the summer, they do like that national like day of play, and they just like cut off the airing for an entire day. Yeah, it would, be, it would literally be go outside. Really annoyed child me. <laughs> well, they didn't think the fact that like that all it really did was just make kids go over to like Cartoon Network or something. Yeah, they go to Cartoon Network, or they'd pop out their VHSs, or just decide to video game day. <laughs> yeah, it was a great, it was a great intention. Unfortunately, kids are kids. So. Yeah, kids would be like, "Well, I'm just gonna find a way around it." <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Um. Yeah. So I guess going in now to the bucket again. Ooh, got Frogger Advance. The Great Quest. Um, <laughs> this game's bad. Is it? So there is a bunch of Frogger games on, on the GBA. Most of them are actually really good. This one, no. Mm. <laughs> this one is really bad. Uh, this is a adaption of the PS2 game Frogger The Great Quest, which was a 3D platformer that's just atro- atrocious in every way. Mm. Um so rather than making a, tra- a traditional Frogger game like you'd expect, like, you know, grid-based kind of hop and bop kind of game, mm-hmm. they made this like a side-scrolling 2D platformer. Huh. It's That's interesting. It's bad. Like, it's just, it's generally one of the worst games you'll probably ever play on GBA. Hmm. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty low bar. That being said, though, the other <laughs> the other Frogger games are pretty good because they're actually traditional hop and bop Frogger Frogger games. Fair enough. I mean that that's what I think of when I think Frogger. So when you said sky, uh, side scrolling, it just seems wrong to me. Yeah, if you look at screenshots of it, it just looks wrong in every way. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so another one that I I I pulled out uh, and tried this week. Um, was Naruto Ninja Council the first one? Are those RPGs or side scrolling beat em ups? Side scrolling beat em ups. It's kind of similar to uh, Advance Adventure, but a more fast paced. I'd say it's a little bit more Sonic y than Advance Adventure y. Um, okay. Like it, it's honestly a lot faster paced than you would think it is. But I mean, it works really well for what it is. 
Um, it's incredibly simple. It, it works for what it is. Uh, you only get to play as like three characters. I think it's just Naruto, Sasuke, and Kakashi. Hmm. Um, I mean, the, the later entries in that series were definitely better, but I enjoyed the game a lot as a kid when Naruto was first coming out. I was first getting into it. Yeah, I remember because that was like a very different time for anime too, and Naruto was kind of this weird one that just kind of came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I've seen those every now and then. I was tempted to pick them up. I just never do. They're not bad games. I, I, I never played the second one, but I played the first one and the third one. Uh, the third one was for DS. Okay. Um, and that one went through the Sasuke Retrieval arc. Um, this first one, I don't even know how far this one went. I don't remember it. I know I beat it multiple times as a kid. I just I cannot for the life of me remember where it caps off. I don't even yeah. know if it goes into the tuning exam. Hmm. God, remember the days when like licensed games actually had effort put into them? Yeah, right. <laughs> God, that was a different time. No kidding. Um, so into the bucket of mysteries. Oh, gee. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z Taiketsu. Hey, I was going to bring that one up next. <laughs> um, all right, so I'll, I'll put that aside then, and I'll grab another one. <laughs> no, that's fine. We can talk about it. It's not a big deal. I want variety in this if you were going to talk about it anyways. <laughs> um, okay, here we got Spyro Attack of the Rhinox. Or Rhinox. Huh. Um, so did you ever play any of the Spyros on uh, GBA? You know, now that you mentioned it, I think I did play one of them. I don't remember which one, though. So there was Season of Ice and Season of Flame, which were the first two. It uh, might have been one of those. I'm not sure. And then they did Attack of the Rhinots. Uh The Spyro games on GBA were pretty good. They were like, they made them like uh, uh, isometric kind of platformers, and they played basically like a more basic version of the PlayStation games. Mm -hmm. um, I remember Attack of the Rhinots because that one like went like full on. Um, metroidvania where like it was super exploratory and you had to like find stuff like without really any guidance mm -hmm. um they were good they, they were definitely better than like the crap he was getting on like ps2 and gamecube at the time yeah because my god he spyro had a rough go after uh, insomniac left yeah well i mean i i played one or two of the ps2 games and i didn't hate them uh were you playing like the original or the legend of spyro games the original, I think. I'm guessing it was probably a hero's tale. Mm, maybe. I, 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 I'd, I'd have to look at the titles to, to remember. The other one was Enter the Dragonfly. That might might have been that one. Oh, uh, that one's infamously bad. <laughs> Is it? Oh, maybe yeah, it was it, just my child brain not caring. Maybe. Just, oh, look, Spyro. I look Spyro. <laughs> maybe if you play it now you'll notice because it's it, that's one where you can beat it in five minutes if you if you trigger a glitch on the opening cutscene. fair enough <laughs> yeah um yeah the, the gba games that were all pretty good other than like spyro orange but that game is a party game that's bad that's fair so uh taiketsu now <laughs> yeah taiketsu that that is just a bad fighter but like, i once again, my child brain just said, ooh, Dragon Ball, and I just didn't give a shit, so I played it anyway. And I love the fact that like it was the same studio that did uh, Leg Legacy of Goku games. I know. It's, I don't understand how a studio that can make like such good games like that 
I mean, they also did make the first Legacy of Goku, so I mean, I can't say I'm too surprised, but... And GT Transformations. Yes, which... Um, actually, I saw a list. It was like one of those like article list things. It was like top five hardest Dragon Ball games, which uh, Dragon Power wasn't on the list, so I already know they didn't know what they were talking about. But um, GT Transformations was on that list. And I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, Child Me was able to beat it, so it couldn't have been that bad. That one's not even hard. It's just boring as fuck. Yeah, it's just I, I wanted so much more out of that one, but well, eh, whatever. But yeah, yeah. Taiketsu is just a really bad fighter. You there's, you can even really do combos. It's pretty much the only thing you can manage is a sweet kick, and that was yeah. about it. It's just it's such a boring, repetitive game, and you're just like, yeah, this is bad. And there's no you story to it or anything. No. It's just it's just boring as fuck. You want a real fighter play Supersonic Warriors? I think it is or. Yes, I have that one, and that one is definitely far more comparable. <laughs> yes. Oh, Taiketsu, that's a that's a gem right there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, what do I got next? Oh boy, it's the Kim Possible game on GBA. <laughs> actually, not it's not a bad platformer, but that's really all I have to say about it. They used to make a lot of those Kim Possible games and stuff back in the day. Like shit like that. And like, um, what were some of the other ones they made? Like Totally Spies and shit. I never played that one. I remember the Kim Possible ones, though, because they were all super cheap. Well, I never played them. I just saw them all over the place. There was always a bunch of them. When you're when you're a collector starting out and you have a lot of money, you see that GBA bargain bin, you just go like... <laughs> yep, you just grab a handful and say, let's see what I got this time. Yeah. I ended up with all the Kim Possible games, so we might see another one, but uh, they're not bad. They're actually surprisingly decent side-scrollers. That's fair. Back when uh, companies actually cared. Yeah, no kidding. Um, What's another game? uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Sacred Cards. That's uh, Sacred Cards, that is a good game. It's so easy, though. It is. Well, I mean... Once you get to the latter half of the game, yes, it, it's extremely easy. But at the beginning, when you have that limit on what you can have for your cards, and like, um, they they don't do a very good job of explaining what you need to do for certain things. Like when I was playing through it the first time, and you had to fight Mako Tsunami, but it didn't tell you that you needed to fight every single other duelist in the game before you could face him. Yeah. It never told you that, so. You're just running around in circles challenging everybody, which is ultimately what they wanted you to do. But it was also really hard to remember who you fought and who you hadn't. Yeah. See, I love this game, too, because like it's one of the rare like Yu-Gi-Oh games that actually plays like an RPG mm-hmm. where uh, you actually walk around the world map and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I remember this one in particular, though, was like they changed the plot of the um, Battle City arc mm-hmm. where... Um, Instead of playing as Yugi, you play as a self-insert that kind of inserts himself into this uh, entire plot. He's pretty much red, but in the Yu-Gi-Oh world. Yeah, and it, you go through the entire thing, too, because it goes all the way up to like the final battle with Merrick. Yeah, and every single important duel, it's you against whoever the whoever the person who the good guys were fighting at the time. So. <laughs> Yugi doesn't do much in this game. No, until you whoop his ass and take... Uh... Wait, did he even have... No. We win Slifer from the mime guys. He never even gets Slifer. Yeah. <laughs> You're basically just taking Yugi's place in this in the in the arc. Yeah, and pretty much relegating him to a, a side character. Did you ever play the sequel? 
It was that the um the Chef of Destruction. Yeah, that game sucks. It's they they like took the criticism of of sacred cards being too easy, and they just jacked up the difficulty to fucking eleven. Yeah, it was just way too much. And when it when I first got it and started playing it, I was all excited. And but as soon as I started it too, I was like, oh my god, it is just like the first one. And then I realized that your life points don't go back after you finish a duel. Then the rule they changed all the rules, and nothing makes sense anymore. No, it was just really confusing. I mean, see, that was the thing that I liked about Sacred Cards. Is, well, I mean, yeah, there were some exceptions because there was limitations with what they could do with it. But for the most part, the game was just the game. Yeah. Which is exactly why I wanted to play it in the first place. You know what? The the saddest part, too, is it, it has an original story that, like, kind of ignores the events of Waking the Dragons, which, depending on who you ask, might actually be for the better. That's um, fair. <laughs> And it makes its own story where, like, Pegasus goes rogue, basically. Um, it's actually a better story, arguably, than Waking the Dragons, but unfortunately you have to play the awful game attached to it. That's fair. I actually, I actually didn't mind Waking the Dragons. It, it wasn't my favorite. It certainly wasn't a fantastic arc, but it had some fun stuff in it. It, it had decent moments. I wasn't a fan of Emo Pharaoh, though, for a while there. Yeah. Well, that happens. Yeah, that, that that was a weird arc. Also, Joey was just important in that arc for no reason. Yeah, he kicked a lot of ass in that arc. And then they completely just wiped it all away. Because mm-hmm. that arc was all filler. Yep. It was fun filler, though. And fucking, uh, what was that card? Um, the... the... The seal of Ori Calc. Oh, yeah, seal of Ori You know what that entire yeah, arc the, was? It was just to sell. It was just to sell fucking toys so they could sell these new evil dual discs and uh, more more booster packs with cards that you couldn't even use in, in tournaments. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of what the entire anime is for in the first place. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. You know what pissed me off about that arc? Just to get off topic. Was that? The, the fucking god cards get stolen in the fuck first fucking episode. I was like, really? Well, I mean, it makes sense, like uh, the mat or like in a narrative sense, because you know it went through the whole thing about these are the most powerful cards ever, and if you have all three, you're basically unstoppable. So they had to find a way to kind of bring them back down. I just wish they did it better than that. <laughs> like, yeah, could have like maybe sealed them or uh, somehow made it so they don't work anymore. But no, let's just have Weevil and Rex mug Yugi's grandfather, and it's like, it's like okay, like the two most pathetic like duelists mug an old man. It's like yeah, all right, that old man gets mugged a lot. And his exact words were, "Oh no, not again." I will say though, uh, you can say what you want about waking the dragons, but we got like the best abridged arc out of it. So <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I'm sure abridged made it fun. Yeah. Uh, all right, into the bucket again. Ah, Duke Nukem Advance. Duke Nukem. Um, it's it's like the best way to describe Duke Nukem Advance is imagine a Duke Nukem game if it was more like a Doom like a first-person shooter that's, like, Doom-styled. Uh, it's not bad. It's a very much, you can, this was filler while they were waiting for Forever to come out. Mm. Uh, it's worth playing, though. 
other than the fact that the music doesn't play when you're in gameplay, it only plays in the pause screen for some reason. Huh. That's odd. It must have it must have been because the the game actually uses full 3D like mm. uh areas, so it was probably just pushing way too much on the on the uh system. Yeah. Other than that, there's not much to say. It's Duke Nukem on GBA. Fair enough. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, Yu Hakusho Tournament Tactics, which we've talked about a little bit before. Yeah, my copy that got stolen in the mail and I never got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's a solid tactics game. It's, um, you know, five-man teams. You just fight a bunch of random demons from the series. You're going through the Dark Tournament arc but they add like a bunch of extra levels and stuff just to keep it, you know, pad it out a bit. But yeah, uh, no, I'm, I, I'm interested in finally playing it. Whenever I get a copy, I just have to order another one. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely worth playing. It's, it's a fun game. We might get some if I dig them out, but there is a surprisingly large amount of tactical games on the GBA based off of random franchises. Yeah, I, I need to start playing more tactical. I mean, I have um, I have the two Final Fantasy Tactics games on my Vita, which I, I would like to start playing at some point. But I actually uh, picked up Final Fantasy two, um, picked that back up this past week, um, and tried to fiddle around with it until I figured out where I had left off. Because I, when I got Crisis Core, I put it down, and uh, I beat crisis core and almost immediately started final fantasy 7 remake and i just beat the base game on that like last week so i got to a point now where i was like okay i should probably go back to final fantasy 2 and then i turned it on and i was like shit i have no idea what i was doing yeah <laughs> the classic rpg curse yeah that's why i try to stick to one game at a time but it doesn't always work yeah oh uh, i know that feeling hmm. so let's see Ah, uh, Pokemon Leaf Green. Hey, solid. Uh, one of the first remakes in the series, and arguably one of the best. Yes, for sure. I mean, Heart Gold, Soul Silver probably are, are still the best remakes of all time, but I read Leaf Green were really good. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, lot of people's it... first experience with uh, Gen One. Yeah, and it, it it was um a way to bring a lot of the Gen One Pokemon that weren't available in ruby sapphire emerald like you couldn't get any of like the first gen starters otherwise which was a big deal um i don't even remember could you get the second gen starters and no you had to play coliseum that's so stupid (laughs) to play fucking coliseum um yeah i mean Leaf Green in particular, I played the hell out of. Like, I still remember, like, mm-hmm. it, because basically it's a better looking version of Gen 1. It uses the uh, the Gen 3 engine, which is still, to this day, I believe, the best game engine they ever made for a Pokemon game. Yeah, it's definitely solid. I never had any issues with it. It's so quick. Like, that's, like, the big, like, thing about it. Mm-hmm. And I love the, um, it was, like, all the like updated sound effects and music and stuff for it. Like it just worked really well for it. Mm. And it's honestly like, um, like one thing I've noticed going through old GPA games, um, some games are a lot prettier than others. Yeah. There was a, there was a few that weren't the best looking games. Yeah. And, uh, 
the the Pokemon GBA games were definitely on the prettier side. Yeah. For Great sure. soundtracks too. Love yes. the soundtracks. Absolutely. Um, and then next is a game that's not so pretty. Is uh, Lord of the Rings Two Towers? Oh, okay. It's a it's a it's a decent action RPG. It's not you know overly impressive in any particular way, but they really went out of their way to try and make it look like the movies. There was even like some uh, really garbled and compressed cutscenes for the movies because this would have been like right when the movies were coming out. And God, it just it just looked bad. <laughs> it reminds me of those GBA video cartridges, like where you could watch fucking like Shrek on a GBA and it looks terrible. For real. There was no way they were gonna fit fucking Lord of the Rings on one of those. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be something if they did. For real. But yeah, it's I mean it's a decent game, you know, uh, but it's it's not impressive visually at all. No, like I can imagine. Hmm. Let's see here. Oh, nice. Final Fantasy VI Advance. Cool. Uh, it's a port of six. Um, pretty good port overall. Um, music's not as great. Uh, graphics are a little bit blown up to fit on the screen. Um, does add some bonus content, but it, it, I guess nowadays with the pixel remasters, there's no real reason to play Advance. But like back in the day, this was a pretty good option. I mean, it's still, it's still not a bad choice. Um, sometimes it's just nice to play the old cartridge games, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for me, if I'm gonna play six, I still prefer to play like the original, like Final Fantasy three cartridge on Super Nintendo, just because I love the Ed Woosley translation. But mm-hmm. the six on GBA is a pretty good one. Yeah, just finding a copy of these like that that are legit nowadays is a pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one, I, I never really like played, played my uncle had a copy of it and I did play it, but I would only play around on his completed file. And that's, um, uh, link to the past, link to the past, which is I, solid. I noticed, I noticed it right there. Yeah. It's a solid game. And that's another one of the ones that was on the prettier side for the GBA. Um, the only thing I hated about it was whenever Link swung the sword, he would make that like scraw sound, which would just get so annoying after a while. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Like what? But, they uh, didn't need to need to edit everything. But it was like one of those things where it honestly surprised me with how many different like weapons and items and stuff that you could use. Because you know, like I said, if I was I was messing around in a completed file, so I had everything available to me. And that's one, that's what I definitely have to go through and actually play it. I have it on my 3DS and I also have it on the uh, Super Nintendo emulator on my, my Switch. Nice. So at some point, I'm definitely going to go and actually play it through from the beginning. I just, I've been so preoccupied with other stuff. <laughs> I'll get to it eventually, but it's on my list. It's, 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 a, it's a priority game. It's a great Zelda. It also, the GBA version comes with the original Four Swords, which was a fun little side game that you could play. Mm-hmm. Which was like it was like a four-player co-op Zelda where you play you you'd have like four different links and you'd have to do puzzles. They later expanded it with the uh, the GameCube game Four Swords Adventures, which is really a a full-on experience if you can get it properly set up. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So let's see. Uh, Donkey Kong Country Three uh, is pretty much the same thing as uh, Donkey Kong Country One, so I'll skip that. 
Here's a fun one. Herb Sims in the city. Oh God. <laughs> Not gonna lie, this is a fucking great game. Although it's I prefer of, the the DS version personally. It's one of the only Sims games I ever played, but I played it on Xbox. So completely different game. Yeah, that's that's my understanding of it. This is like an RPG. Huh. Like an adventure RPG kind of game where like you play in like you have to like do missions and like you go through like this like city and like you have to like talk to people and like so- solve their problems. Hmm. It's a surprisingly fun game that I can speedrun. It's always fun to speedrun games. I played that game because that was one of the DS launch titles and I could I played the hell out of it back in the day. Solid. Um well speaking of speedrun games, I might as well bring up the the main one that I do, Legacy of Goku One. Legacy of Goku. Yeah. The most so, that series is great, but that first game is so trash, but in like the best way. It is. The, the fucking wolves, man. Wolves will get you. The wolves will get you. And the final fight is the final battles with uh Vegeta, right? Frieza. Fr- Frieza, that's right. Uh, yeah. You can fight for the entire final fight with Frieza is literally just run up, punch, hide, recharge, run up, punch, hide, recharge. The solar flare is your friend. That's one thing yes. I've learned. I never really fucked with it when I was a kid, but like as I got older and like went back to play it again, I realized that the solar flare just breaks the game. You you don't need anything else. You don't need key blast. You don't need nothing. Just solar flare. That's all you need. Yeah, that's the disappointing thing about that game to me is like there was so much potential, like especially because it covers my favorite part of the Dragon Ball saga, mm-hmm. which is like the early stuff. Um, because uh, Legacy of Goku two and Boo's Fury are just better games in like every way. Oh, extremely, and you can just tell that a lot more love went into those games. Like, yeah, the first one was very much an experiment. Experiment. Yeah, and when they realized, oh, we can make money off of this, let's actually put effort into it. And then they made the yeah. second one. Which, um, you know, brief side note, the the screenshot that I had posted on um, on the Discord was just like, they really do, like, you, the next time you play Legacy of Goku 2, just as you're playing through, walking through West City or wherever you're going through, just talk to random NPCs. The ones that have names generally will say some wild shit. Yeah, like, like the the one that I posted to anyone who's not on the Discord, it it was a this random dude in like the Triceratops village, who goes on this rant about how much he loves making root beer in his bathtub. Yep, it, it's just bizarre. And there's there's also this old guy in Capsule Corp, who uh, old Gus is his name, and he goes on this whole spiel about how he worked with Dr. Reeves when he, when they first started working at Capsule Corp. And, uh, and then he, he goes on this weird side tangent about how he doesn't trust Dr. Reeves' cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, back when games had personality. For real. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Oh, cool. Crash Bandicoot Entranced. Wow. So the crash games on GBA, at least the first two, were um really good. They were like side scrollers. They basically played exactly like the 2D sections of like the mainline crash games. Mm-hmm. They were just like strictly 2D. Very well done games with some pretty good graphics. Uh Vicarious Visions, I believe, made them. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're the studio that actually made the Crash uh, Insane trilogy on PS4, Switch, Xbox. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, solid uh, solid little games though. Completely bizarre plot lines because they're completely just original like random shit. But fun game. Yeah, I can imagine a lot of the games that came up for GBA were very similar to that. Like where it just they just kind of like got the the freedom to just kind of make up their own thing. And it always ended up coming out really weird. Yeah. It was always just kind of like a really weird abstract, like take. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I know I definitely have more. It's just, I don't have any of my games with me. So just try to do it from memory. Um, I'm going to grab another one while you think about it or. No, I, uh, there was a, I remember playing Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets on GBA, which I I, I didn't play that one as much because the PS2 version was superior in every way. Um, Weren't they like RPGs on GBA? Um, not like turn-based RPGs. They were like um, I don't even know how to explain it. It was kind of like a almost like a puzzle adventure game. But you also like had like, you know, you could cast like spells normally and stuff. But it was just I think part of it was the the aesthetics of it just looked so bad that it was oh. really hard to find your way. Gotcha. <laughs> and it, it, I remember the game being really dark for no reason. Like the, the colors and stuff was very dark. So it was always hard to figure out where you were going. Oh, especially on an original GBA where you couldn't see shit. Yeah. The the PS2 games were were far far superior i i played the absolute shit out of chamber sequence on ps2 okay um i had that i bought that recently because i had it as a kid and i wanted to remember if it was good or not so that's a good sign i, I think it is it's one of those ones that i did i did go back to fairly frequently whenever i had my ps2 plugged in hmm. so prisoner of azkaban and chamber of secrets are both very good games good to know uh, let's see. Oh, there we go. Metroid Fusion. Yeah, I, isn't that on? Um, isn't that on the Switch online? They just put it on there. Yeah. Uh, I was, oh god. I was gonna say Fusion's a really good game. That's honestly like probably like one of the better Metroids of all time. That was like the the one where like Samus like gets like her suit like hijacked by the virus and you have to like play in that weird exoskeleton suit for most of the game the fusion suit mm-hmm. um it's just a fun game it's more linear than most of the metroid games but i feel like the way that they handled it really worked very well yeah it's a solid one like, i highly recommend giving it a shot yeah i mean i have it available to me so i probably will check it out um i haven't played too many metroid i think Actually, come to think of it, I think the only Metroid game I, I ever played was the one that, um, I think it was like the came with the DS, like the oh, Prime DS. Prime yeah. Hunter's First Hunt, the demo. Yeah. <clears throat> Which I had fun with it. it. It definitely seemed like a fun game. I just never really went beyond that. Which is yeah. bizarre because Samus was always my character in Smash Brothers going all the way back to the N64. So it's kind of weird that I never played it. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're fun games. They're worth. They're definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so another Yu-Gi-Oh game. The uh, was it the Eternal Duelist Soul? I believe it was called. This I remember one, that one. 
this one was a lot more similar to uh this one doesn't really have like a story like sacred cards did it was more like um dark dual stories if you remember that one for the gp yeah the, the gbc another um, game with the horrible rules yes but eternal duel of soul actually was just straight up the game they didn't they didn't change anything yeah i had a, a similar one to that i had it was a worldwide edition i think it was called yeah i I think I was. I think when I bought Eternal Duel of Soul, I was debating whether I was going to get that one or, or the one you just said. Yeah, Worldwide Edition was like the same thing. You get your deck at the start of the game, and you basically just fight people randomly, and uh, occasionally, like rare hunters would show up, and you'd have to face them. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember because I kicked Mokuba's ass a lot because he was the easiest person to fight. Yeah, him and uh, usually Tristan was another one of the the easy ones. Yeah, but um, yeah, Eternal Duel of Soul was that was always until Duel Links came out. That was the game I played if I needed to scratch that Yu-Gi-Oh itch. Yeah, those ones were fun too because they had the little like card code scanner that you could like just put your uh, cards in, so you could just like make your deck unstoppable if you really. Yeah, that to. was that was the best thing about the Yu-Gi-Oh games back then was you could you could use the like a little like, eight-digit code at the bottom of your actual paper Yu-Gi-Oh cards that you owned. And and type it into the game, and then you just have that card. Yeah, just make your uh, your your actual deck in game. Hmm. The only thing that or, sucked was you, you couldn't do the same code more than once, so you could only get one copy of each card that way. But still, it was it was a solid way to get a base going for a deck. Hmm. Yeah, no, that was a fun fun. It's uh, it's just like a really cool idea. Hmm. For sure. Going into it now. Uh, oh, <laughs> Shining Soul 2. Hmm. Uh, it's part of the Shining series of games. Uh, it's like an action RPG. Okay. It's They're not bad games. They're not like high art by any means. Like I prefer like the classic Shining Force games more. Uh, but Shining Soul's fine enough. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot to say about it, though. I gotcha. Um, yeah, another one I remember was... Uh... The, the GBA Mario Kart game. Oh, Super Circuit. Yeah. That was, Super was, Circuit was fun. Yeah, it was solid. I mean, racing games weren't generally great on, on any of the Game Boys, but I mean, for just like something to mess around on, it was always, always a good time. Yeah, Super Circuit was like a weird hybrid between like uh, Mario Kart 64 and like the original Mario Kart. Hmm. Um, I remember playing the hell out of it back in the day, though. Like, I remember, like, Luigi was my main, like, always. And I I got through all the, like, stages, like, constantly. Yeah, ever since, um... I don't remember if he was a character in the Mario Kart DS, but I know for a long time I pretty much exclusively only do Koopa. Koopa. When I, when I do Mario Kart. Yeah, that... So, fun fact with a Mario Kart Super Circuit, that was the first and I think only time I ever did a four-player link cable like battle, like with with um like the four-way link cables that you, like, you remember, like the commercial, you'd see them in the car, like spread across the car. Yeah, that never worked in the car. <laughs> no, uh, we did that like once, and it surprisingly worked, uh, but it was slow as fuck. I bet I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Super Circuit was good though. I mean, I played a good amount of that one. 
Uh, so next week, ooh, Tetris Worlds. And more Tetris. Yeah, uh, it's 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 Tetris. That's really all, all you can say about <laughs> it. Oh, jeez. Was there, um, I'm in trouble remembering, there was a, was Pokemon Pinball for G, GBA or was that Color? It was both. I don't remember so which one I had because I know I had one of I think it might have been the Game Boy Advance one because I feel like I remember there being um Hoenn Pokemon. So the big difference was the GBA one had was just a standard GBA cartridge. The Game Boy Color game had that massive like rumble tumor thing sticking out of it. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. Uh pin pinball was fine though. I mean it was a pinball game. Yeah, I mean they're all pretty much the same. It was kind of like that Sonic the Hedgehog pinball party game that you could get that was just pinball. Mm-hmm. Not much to say. Yeah. Not as fun as Sonic Spinball on the Genesis, but that's more of a weird platforming puzzle game. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Is like I always like. I feel like the the life cycle of like Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, at least when we, as we were growing up was all like so close to each other that I get sometimes I get confused about what was what especially yeah. if I don't have, especially if I don't have the game anymore I get that so yeah cuz honestly that those errors went by very quick yeah i mean the the life cycle of the gba wasn't very long hmm. yeah i mean its official life cycle was like 2001 to 4 when it was the soul handheld mm-hmm. i think it was still going by like 2007 though yeah, I mean, they definitely took it on. I mean, Game Boy Advance and PlayStation 2 kind of had that same thing going on where they were making games far past the point where it was the current system. Yeah, they kind of like got away with it for a lot longer than they really had any right to. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see here. Oh, speaking of Sonic, we got Sonic Advance 2. Oh, nice. Uh, this is a really good game. Like, I still think Sonic Advance... Sonic Advance 1 and 2, in my opinion, still hold up. 3, not so much. 3, I really didn't like. Sonic um, Advance was uh, one of two games that I got with my Game Boy Advance when I first got it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a bad game to get with your uh, system to start, because Advance 1 was pretty cool. It was like one of the first original Sonic games made for a non-Sega console, like for a Nintendo console in particular, mm-hmm. which was a pretty big deal back at the time. It was basically Sonic 4 before Sonic 4. Yeah. Well, it was good that I got at least one good game to come with my Game Boy. (laughs) Yeah. Considering the other one was the first Legacy of Goku. Oh. (laughs) I mean, but hey, at least it had a lasting impression. It certainly did. I mean, I I definitely played it a lot, so... Uh, It's just, you know, dumb kids not recognizing a bad game when they see one. No, well, you just know, in my mind, I must just be bad at it. I gotta get a practice. Yeah. yeah <laughs> why does this game run like crap? I must be the problem. Yeah, pretty much. Child brains. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, Sonic uh, Advance too. Though I'd give up. I give. I give the thumbs up. It's a good game. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get that game again. The first one and the second one. I don't know how much they go for nowadays, but yeah, it fluctuates. Uh, it's more the thing with GBA games that sucks is it's so hard to find real authentic copies because there's so many fakes flooding the market now yeah well that's the thing though is like like i definitely like to play sonic advance again but at the same time it's like 
is there really much of a point? Because a lot of those, like those types of Sonic games, ones that aren't like adventure games and stuff, like the straight up side scrolling classic Sonic type games, mm-hmm. like they they tend to reuse a lot of uh, levels and stuff and other games and things like that. Like, you know, I have Sonic Mania. I have a lot of the original Sonic games. So it's like, do I really need advance? You know, I'd, I'd say advance one and two are worth picking up because they have some unique ideas. Fair enough. In advance two, you can play as cream, the rabbit and she has um, her partner cheese and you can cheese literally is a attack for her where you can just like, Press a button and cheese will attack enemies, and you can actually cheese get the pun uh, boss. Cheese, cheese. cheese. <laughs> you can cheese bosses with with it with cheese. Yes, <laughs> it's a very entertaining game. That's fun. Fun fact too: I bought this copy used, and whoever bought it, whoever played it before me, one hundred percented it, so I didn't even have to bother doing it. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Just had everything unlocked. I was like, sweet. Hell yeah. Um, another game uh, that I played a lot as a kid, uh, which probably wasn't a great game, but I remember it fondly, was Nicktoons Racing. I had the PC and PlayStation versions of this game, so I'm curious what the uh, Game Boy Advance one played like. It was, it was a little janky. It kind of had the feeling of you know, like the old style movies where uh there's like a car chase or something and you, you know that there's just like a, a painted background that somebody's just spinning a wheel to make it move so it looks like they're going really fast yeah that's kind of the idea that you get why that's kind of like the the visual of it while you're riding around in the carts and stuff but it's basically just mario kart but with nicktoon characters you know it's cat dog hey arnold oh, yeah. spongebob yeah like the ps1 version of this game uh I remember it was pretty notable because it was like SpongeBob just aired when this came out. So it was like the first like major appearance of SpongeBob. Yeah, I think it was, uh, was it? I think um, SpongeBob, Patrick, I think Plankton was like the the secret character. Yeah, he was the, the, the Racer X character yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the secret villain. Um, yeah, they, Which uh, was really funny at the time because he was barely even a thing yet then. Yeah, it was like Rugrats, Angry Beavers. It was all sorts of like those. Ren and, Ren and Stimpy were in there. Ren and Stimpy were in there. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a fun, goofy game that I played back then. Hmm. Not a fun time capsule of that era, that's for sure. For real. Uh, what do we got? Ooh. Rayman 3. Uh, it doesn't play like the Rayman 3 on consoles. It's actually a side scroller huh that's bizarre so it's like the first rayman hmm. interesting that's uh, it's it's okay it uh, weirdly it follows more of the storyline from like rayman 2 rather than 3 that's it follows the storyline from the second game it, it's more based around the storyline of the second game than the third game oh okay I, it's a weird one yeah, I, I don't know. I had a very like, very selective uh, experience with with the Game Boy games. I just feel like if I didn't already know the property, I kind of like was like meh. Unless somebody specifically said you should play this game, or if yeah. I saw somebody else playing it, you know, 
Because this is before you could just kind of like hop onto Google and be like, hey, is this game good? You know? Yeah. That was how it was with being a kid back in the day. You had to really like just kind of guess and like you'd, you'd basically either you'd be 50-50. Like sometimes you'd get a winner, sometimes you would not. And you'd have to live with your choice for the for the time being. That's kind of how I ended up with uh, GT transformations back in the day. Yeah, me too. <laughs> when you beat it in a day and you're like, this sucks. <laughs> It's kind of bad when you have more fun playing the Dragon Ball Evolution game than you do GT Transformations. I mean, that's at least a good game, just with a really weird story. Transformations just was a mediocre beat-em-up that was over very fast. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, um, I think I might have one more off the top of my head. Uh, there's a Yu Hakusho Spirit Detective. Oh yeah, that was the fighter, right? Yeah, it's real bad. Real bad. <laughs> real bad. Not a good Ugh. game. <laughs> I tried playing it once, didn't get past the first level. I mean, actually, no, I tried playing it a couple times, but no, it's just it, it's almost unplayable. That's a bummer. <laughs> Definitely turn of attack. This is the one you want. Yeah. So is it worse than Taiketsu or better than Taiketsu? That's the real oh, question. Uh, you see, the problem is, is, at least with Taiketsu, it's like you could just do a fight and then back out. But um, Spirit Detective is like an adventure game, kind of, where you're running around. Does Yusuke live in Tokyo? I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> Good question. Well, they're running around whatever. Where, uh, oh, wait, no, it's not. It, it's like a... What the hell? I know they mentioned the name of the city he lives in in the show. I just can't remember what it is. I don't think it is Tokyo, though. Um, but whatever whatever town he lives in, you're just running around that, and it's like, oh, you got to go find Kuobara. So you got to go find, you know, run off in this direction. But it, you don't really know which direction you're supposed to go. You get blocked in a lot, and the controls are really janky. It, it's just not very visually appealing. You die really easily. It's just yeah. not worth putting time into. No, I get you. Which was disappointing because I really wanted to like the game when I got it, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. We're running close. We're getting a bit tight on time. I guess I could rapid fire a few here. All right. Let's do a legit grab bag. See what I get. Okay, I got a couple here. We got. Oh boy. Disney Sports. <laughs> um. Very mediocre sports game for the Game Boy Advance. Mm. Uh, oh, here's a fun one. We got the Fantasy Star Collection. Fantasy, that's uh, what I've heard of. So this is a compilation of Fantasy Stars 1 through 3. Mm. Unfortunately, it doesn't have 4, which is an incredible bummer because 4 is the best one, in my opinion. Mm. But uh, 1 and 2 are worth it. 3, eh, 3 is okay. Um. At SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom. I might have played that one. I see that's the thing is that game came out for like so many different consoles. So like each version was different. I have no idea which one I played. Uh you probably played the console one because that's the one that's famous, like mm -hmm. as being a good game. Uh the, yeah. the Game Boy Advance one is fine. It's just a side scroller that's kind of meh. Okay. Uh, oh, here's a fun one. The Yu-Gi-Oh! Double Pack. I believe actually let's do some research because I don't so I think when you look I at, have that it's it just says double pack I have no idea what the two games were 
I think that I could be wrong, but I think that might be sacred cards and that regime of destruction or whatever. That's what I'm thinking too, but I want to check. So I think I have that, or I have had it before. I might have given it to somebody. I feel like I bought this originally, and then I later got independent versions for collector's sake. Yeah, I'm very curious though. See, I think I had gotten that, um, and then I tried that that sequel to Sacred Cards. And I hated it. And I had a separate copy of Sacred Cards oh, yeah. already, so yeah. I just gave it to somebody. So you got Sacred yeah. Cards and then Reshift of Destruction. Yeah. That's funny. All right, so that's what that is. Back when they used to do those fun double packs of stuff. That's uh, that's my legacy of Goku. I, I have the, the double pack of that. The first oh, nice. two. Uh, then we got Crash Bandicoot Purple. This is a crossover with Spyro the Dragon. But they're like party games and they both suck. Ah, uh, it's a bummer. Um, the Crash one is better than the Spyro one, but they're both not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Mario Golf, um, Advanced Tour. Uh, fun fact this is an RPG. Huh. That's... And it runs off the Golden Sun engine. That's interesting. Yeah, the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance Mario Golf and tennis games are just RPGs. Hmm. Yeah, Golden well, Sun. Mm-hmm. They were made by uh, the studio Camelot, and they made like Golden Sun. Yeah, yeah. See, Golden Sun is one of those ones that I've heard about constantly and never actually played. I went to go start it the other day. Oh yeah, because they put it on a uh, Switch. Yeah, I went to go start it the other day just to kind of like see what the hype was about, and then like I barely got into like the first bit of text, and I was like, "This is gonna be it. This is gonna be a lot. I probably shouldn't start this right now." Yeah. No, that's that's very understandable. All right, uh, a few more before we wrap this up. Um, speaking of tactical games, I got Onimusha Tactics. Hmm. Um, it's it's okay. It's it's a tactics spinoff of the Onimusha series. Uh, here's a winner. Lunar Legend. It is a uh, port of Lunar One for GBA. Cool. Not the greatest port, but it's still better than nothing. I wish Lunar 2 got one, but they don't like Lunar 2, I guess. Yeah. Uh, super, oh, oh, Great name here. Super Mario Brothers Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> uh, excellent port of Mario Brothers 3. Arguably probably the best way to play Mario Brothers 3. I think that one's on online as well. It is, and I believe they gave the full e-reader... Uh, Remember the e-reader, guys? Um, they gave the full e-reader version that had all the bonus unlockable levels that you could get through e-reader cards. Interesting. I think um, I think my little brother plays that one a lot. It's good. Um, there's also Mario Advance 1, which is Mario Brothers 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, also a, good, a great port, arguably the best way to play. Um, oh, God, we've got two Frogger games here. Here's Frogger's Adventure. Temple of the Frog. This is a good game. It's it's just another Frogger type game. Mm-hmm. And then here's Frogger's Adventure 2, The Lost Wand. This is a really good game. I highly recommend that one. Hmm. They're just like Frogger games. They like you hop and bop and dodge the enemies. They're just really well done. I I didn't realize how many different variations of Frogger there was. There's a lot. Like there is a lot of Frogger games. That's wild. Um, and then this one's pretty obscure. This is Sema the Enemy. 
it is an RPG, but it's like a post-apocalyptic kind of like setting, kind of like mm-hmm. at like the world at its end kind of thing. Okay. That's a fun one. Oh, here it is. Yu-Gi-Oh! Worldwide Edition. Yeah, that does look familiar. I'm trying to remember. So that one didn't have a story to it. It was just like... If it had a story, it was incredibly non-important, basically. Okay. So it was more along the lines of like um, like Dark Duel Stories or um, Eternal Duel of Soul. Yeah. Like it was just... It, was, it wasn't really a story so much as it was a... Uh, it was basically just a simulator, but it had like maybe some like minor shit in the background that you could kind of watch happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this is fun. Here is an action replay for GBA. Awesome. I still, I think I still have. Is it? An, I, I think it is an action replay, but it's um, it was one of the ones that had the spot for GBA and for DS. It was one of the ones oh, okay. like towards that that section of life. Hmm. Replays. That's actually probably more interesting than this one. These ones are really hard to find now. Like this was like hundred bucks. Oh really? Yeah, they're not common anymore. I've had mine forever. I mean, when you got them when they were new, they were probably like so much cheaper. Oh yeah, extremely. Um, and actually, it was the only way I was able to what when me and my buddies were going through like all the Pokemon games and trying to complete the Pokedexes. That was the only way I was able to do it on Gen 3. Did you know there was also a Grand Theft Auto on Game Boy Advance? That's right. I forgot about that. It's a good game, too. It's a um it's it's like the original Grand Grand Theft Auto's like they were top-down kind of a style, but it's got a fun little story and it's well made. Hmm. Very much got that vibe to it. I haven't played nearly enough Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I, I played a lot of San Andreas when I was a kid, but I mostly just typed in codes and fucked around. Played with the tank. Yeah, the tank, or I'd do the flying cars cheat, or... Yep, invincibility code, and then just who's your god now mode, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I'll never forget those one time when I was a kid, and I, like, totally made my mom panic about what kind of kid I was because I just came, I came home from my dad's house once with a, a copy of Vice City. I didn't say anything. I just put it in and I was like, Hey mom, look, <laughs> it was just like me beating up an old lady. on Grand Theft Auto. And she was like, what the fuck are you playing? And she took the game from me. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to play them at all. Like the first Grand Theft Auto I played was, uh, actually five. Cause that was like the first one I could actually get with my own money. Hmm. Because my yeah, parents yeah. were very strict about that. My mom was. I, I had a lot more freedom with what I could play and stuff over my dad's house. It's funny because in hindsight, not playing Grand Theft Auto as a kid made me kind of indifferent to the series. That's fair. Like when I played five, I was kind of like, it's fun, but I don't get what the hype is. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like how I feel about, well, to a lesser degree, how I feel about... um the Final Fantasy games, you know, like everybody I know grew up with them to some degree, but like I didn't play any of them until two years ago. And yeah, it was it was kind of a you had to be there kind of thing. I enjoyed that. I mean, when I played Seven, I I had a great time with that game. Like way way enjoyed. I ended up enjoying that game a lot more than I thought I was going to. But because I don't have that childhood relationship with it, like 
like the changes and stuff they made for a remake don't bother me in the slightest. Like that's fair. It's just alternate telling, and I I'm totally up for that. You know, I like alternate tellings of stories that I already know. It's fun. Hmm. Which yeah. I, I finished the base game up, by the way. Nice. Yeah. So unfortunately, we're running out of time tonight because I have to work tomorrow, which you know, sucks. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably revisit this in the future. Maybe we'll do other handhelds or uh, systems. Just go over some games we remembered. I might not do a grab bag next time. Just I just this just happened to be a fun thing I wanted to try. Yeah, we might um, try to do some more like um, like game series specific episodes. Yeah, um, just shoot the shit. Like yeah, usual. like and I, I apologize for my lack of energy today. I don't know what happened. I was I was all full of piss and vinegar until we actually started. And then all of a sudden, it just hit me. Well, we got we got hit by a we got hit by a a um a, a silent alarm, and then uh, we had to fix that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully next weekend will next week's episode will be a bit more higher energy because I won't have to work next weekend. But hmm. yeah, that's the, the downside to doing this on Fridays is we're just so beat by the end of the day. Yeah, for real. <laughs> It's yeah. still a good one, I think, though. Yeah, it was just fun talking about some random GVA games because the GVA library is an endless mine of just, like, entertaining stuff. I just wish I had more, like, more experience with different kinds of games. Like, I, I tended to, to, like I said before, I, I would focus more on, like, the, the franchises that I was already familiar with. Like, that's why I ended up playing Lord of the Rings games, and Pokemon games, and Dragon Ball games, and Yu-Gi-Oh games, you know, like that kind of thing. I, yeah, I ended like, up missing a lot of like the specific Game Boy exclusive things like Golden Sun and all that. Yeah, I played honestly most of my GBA games like years after the thing was discontinued, just uh, because they were so cheap for a long time there. Now they yeah. like everything; it's expensive as hell. But yeah, I should have I should have taken a because there was this retro store that I used to go to a lot. Um, well, fairly frequently, once every couple weeks, and they used to do like three GBA games for ten bucks, and I yeah. should have utilized that a lot more. I haven't been there in a while, so I don't know what they cost now, but it's probably not that cheap anymore. Yeah, they're all way up there now, especially mm-hmm. the ones that are actually valuable. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's all part of this hobby. That's what emulation is for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just don't tell nintendo yeah right but yeah once again guys though thanks for uh, joining us on uh, geek addicts um you can find geek addicts on all the major podcasting platforms right in the gnc podcast uh, feed um you can also uh see uh, video versions of this show on uh youtube uh, usually shortly after the episode airs uh, i'll post it's basically just whenever i get around to it and then <laughs> Uh, you can also follow us over on the GNC Podcast Network Discord server to find all fun things about GNC, radio experience, geek addicts, talk gaming, anime, or just shoot the shit. You know, it's a fun time. And all of our links are at linktree slash the Barber Who Games. So you can find all of our stuff there. And with that, guys, we will see you all later. See ya. <laughs>